Welcome to the Harvest Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that it will encourage and inspire you. Enjoy this week's message. Uh, welcome each and every one of you. So good to see the, the, the seats slowly filling up after so many months have been away. And to those of you who are watching online, thank you for faithfully watching. And uh, we greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. As Pastor Irene mentioned, that next year we hope we will be able to celebrate in a big way is our silver celebration, 25 years of God's faithfulness. I think the last song uh, summarized it all. You are worthy of it all. Can I hear an amen? God is worthy of it all and we are thankful that uh, uh, as a church, we began in a very humble beginning. Some of you may not know, we started in a house 24 years ago, a couple of months in a house, and then we moved into a small room in Value Inn. At that time, it was Value Inn, and then they changed it to Prescott, and then they changed it to Lee Meridian Hotel. And we were there for some time before we moved on to our shop lot. And then we, one year later, we moved on to the Tiara Industrial, Light Industrial Park, and we were there for about 10 years, and then the last 10 years, we have moved into this building. God is good. Can I hear an amen? So this morning, let me allow, I mean, allow me to share a very simple message that you can make a difference. Can you turn to your neighbor left or right and say, you can make a difference? You can make a difference, right? Because we believe the past 24 years, the church would not have come to this stage if not for every one of you, all right? Not for everyone. It's not because the pastor is clever. It's not because the pastor is anointed, but it's because the people that God have brought together all the past 24 years, all right? Some of them have gone on to be with the Lord. We thank the Lord for all the faithful ones, and they are there, up here, up there, cheering us on that we will continue to finish our race. Tuesday morning, these headlines on Star Paper caught my attention. And I was preparing a message, and it says here on Tuesday morning, Star Paper, it only takes one. It only takes one. One to infect, of course, the smaller print is to infect 20 others uh, with this COVID-19. All it takes is one. All it takes is one to infect others with this COVID-19. And that was the headlines that really greeted me on Tuesday morning. And how appropriate it is because as I was preparing the message, I was saying to myself, all it takes is one, not to infect others with bad things. All it takes is one, one act of kindness, one act of good deed, one prayer that will stir them on, one sharing that will deeply impact them. All it takes is one. One prayer, one act of kindness, something that you have done. And this morning, I was greeting some of the people. Uh, one sister came from Batubert, and uh, the, the, Datin was telling me, you know, so, so good to meet up with some old friends, uh, uh, Dato and Datin, uh, David Partman, old friends of ours. Uh, he was a former GM of the LPK. And she was telling me, Pastor, she just got uh, saved and, and brought to the Lord. All it takes is one. And today is her, probably her first service. 
uh, uh, church service. All it takes is one. And then subsequently in that newspaper, same thing on Tuesday, it said the onus is on everyone, on every person. Yes, all it takes is one, but every one of us are responsible. That's why this, this pandemic is spreading far and wide globally. It has destroyed economy globally. It has brought the whole world to a standstill. Even as I speak, the disease is spreading and many are in fear. Economies of countries have been destroyed. And, and some of us here, we have been impacted by the loss of job, loss of income. Why? Because... Because, follow up to what I said last week, or because people find it very difficult to obey simple law and simple rules. You tell them, wear a mask, okay? I'm here alone, I don't have to wear a mask, okay? So somebody say, you tell us wear a mask, you up there, because nobody is close to me here. And so we are allowed by uh, SOP to speak without masks because uh, the closest is to, to me is Pastor James and my wife. So they are, they are protected. But, but we must adhere to SOP. But you find that people just don't observe it. And that's why the responsibility is on everyone. So I recommend you, while you are sitting, wear a mask. And so this morning, let me quickly go on to the next one. There's a saying that goes like this. Maybe let's, let's all of us read it together, can we? Let us participate since we are already separated by uh, social or they call it physical distancing. Let's read it all together. I'm sure you can read from where you are. I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. And because I cannot do everything... I will not refuse to do something that I can do. And I hope you will do whatever you can. And God has gifted us. God has given us sufficient grace. Not every one of us are the same. Every one of us are different. And so this morning, taking that thought from there, I, I probably have shared this many, some years ago with you, how there is power in one. There is power in one. Let me begin with a young boy. And sometimes we underestimate, we despise people when they are youthful, when they are young. I thank the Lord this church believes in raising young people. Can I hear an amen? In fact, all our worship team today are young people. And, and we thank the Lord because the future is the young. And here is one boy. By the way, those of us who have been doing New Testament survey with me, you and I are aware that this is the only miracle recorded in four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It is so impressive, the only miracle, Jesus did a lot of miracles, even raising Lazarus is only mentioned in John. But this is the only miracle the four Gospel writers recorded it. It was so impressive that four of them repeated it. And we know why it is so powerful, because it impacted thousands of people. Matthew said 5,000 not, including the women and children. But as good as this miracle was powerful, 
But we also realize that, that it can only come about because of one young boy. Sometimes we look at the big things of God and we forget. Actually, it began with the act of one young boy. When Jesus, our Lord, said, let's feed them, the disciples went, had a lot of ideas, but it was one of the disciples, Andrew, who brought the young lad to the Lord. And that young lad had his lunch box. And his willingness to give it up to the Lord resulted in the feeding of the multitude. Sometimes we underestimate that small gift that we bring to the Lord. Sometimes we think it's only insignificant. Sometimes we think I'm only one. Sometimes we think it doesn't mean much to God. But I tell you this morning, based on the miracle that's recorded in the four gospels, that young lad was instrumental in feeding the 5,000. Hallelujah. There is power. One can make a difference. So this morning, let me encourage you. Secondly, I also look into the scripture. I discover not only a young boy, but there was a young girl. Now you look at the circumstances. Many of us, if we were in her circumstance or in her situation, we would end up bitter in life because if you read the story that is found in 2 Kings chapter 5, she was taken against her will when an invading army came and invaded her country. She ended up as a slave in another country. They took her, they separated her from a loved one, and there was no future. They make her work even as a young. She had to disrupt her study. She had to, everything in her life stopped immediately. And the next day, she found out she has to be a servant girl. And the Bible tells us while serving the madam of the house, Mrs. Naaman, she did not have any ill feeling. She was not angry with God. While she was serving in a quiet way, we were told one day, as her routine sets in, she realized there is something wrong with her master. Even though her master was a distinguished captain, commander of the army, the Syrian army, every time when he comes home, he had to painfully remove that uniform of his. And then slowly, the scars appear. He had leprosy. He was a leper. Now, if you are a mate or a servant looking in, thank God this lady still maintained her relationship with God. She plucked up her courage and one day told the wife, the, her madam, now Naaman, let's read this. It says, Naaman, the captain of the army of the king of Syria, was a mighty man. Men of valor, men, but he was a leper. She was a captive from Israel, and she said to Naaman's wife, If only my master was with the prophet who is in Syria, he would have healed him of leprosy. Even though taken out of a country, even though taken out of a comfort zone, she never stopped testifying. And sometimes we feel like this. In the midst of this pandemic that we are going through, you know, there is no much testimony. Lives have been affected, economies have been destroyed, and we feel there is nothing much to say. But that girl did not allow her personal circumstances 
to stop her from opening her mouth, she testified. Everybody say testify. Testify. We need to testify. Because you know why? Because you and I came to know the Lord because someone testified about the goodness of the Lord. And we know the power of testimony. And so these younger testify and open up her mouth and share the good news with Mrs. Naaman. And then later, can you believe it? How many of us here would take a word of a helper, of a maid seriously? She was so, she was, she was so of good reputation that her employer listened to her willing to make that trip hundreds of miles across another country to base on her testimony. And you and I know, we don't have to prolong this story, you and I know, he made the trip, given authority and permission by his king, cross borders into another country to seek out the prophet Elijah. Elisha. And you know the story, how Elisha told him to wash himself or dip himself in River Jordan seven times and he will be healed. Now, based on the testimony of young Elad, one young girl, sometimes we look at people around, we scan the horizon, we look at status, we look at the car they drive, we look at how they dress, but I want to assure you, you and I can make a difference. Can I hear amen? Amen. Never stop testifying. You can make a difference. Let me go on again. One young man, instrumental, in bringing a giant down. Here again, sometimes we wonder, you see the history of the Bible, the stories that are written for us, sometimes we just gloss over it, we read over it, we don't appreciate how it began. The whole nation was cow in fear. 40 days they couldn't move. 40 days they were terrorized. Just like very much, our nation and many nations in the world, terrorized by this invisible virus that is causing havoc. This invisible virus that the nations are racing to find a vaccine. And it has disrupted life. And yet, we see a similar situation where tens and tens of thousands of warring Soldiers could not even move. Why? Because there was a loud voice that came twice in the day, once in the morning, once in the evening, shouting, Give me a man! You coward! You fearful! Give me a man! Of course, he could have said that because he was almost 10 feet tall. And looking down at all those miserable Israelites, give me a man. Until one young lad came. You see, he came from the presence of God. He came from the presence of God. And I believe I shared this some time ago, how sometimes the ones that are closest to us will never see our potential. When Prophet Samuel came, asked by God to anoint one of the sons of Jesse to be the prophet, he paraded all his sons, beginning with Eliab right to the youngest. 
the prophet moved by the Holy Spirit, scanned the elders to the youngest, and the Spirit of God said nothing. Then he stopped and asked Jesse, Are all these your son? Then the father said, I still have another one. He is out watching the sheep. The father did not consider him a candidate. Sometimes we have fathers here, we have parents here. In our own way, we belittle our children. Sometimes, can I even say this, we have church leaders and church pastors, me included, we somehow belittle the ones that are around us. We don't see the potential until we lose them and then suddenly they become church leaders in another place and church, you know, church pastors in another place. You wonder how come when they were with us, they never blossom. But there they are, winning the nations and they were formerly from here. So David was brought from the field and he came and Spirit of God immediately said, He is the one. Sometimes, even the one that is closest to us will never see the potential. So David was asked by his parents to bring food to his brothers who were fighting a war. And this is the context. David came, brought food. About the same time, Goliath thundered the threat and the challenge. Give me a man. He looked around and he wondered why there wasn't any volunteers. So when he inquired, what will happen to the man? You see, hallelujah, look at his confession. He didn't say, what will happen to the man who will be killed? He said, what will happen to the man who can kill this Goliath? That is faith. <laughs> he didn't ask, you know, what happened uh, if all go, we die, huh? It's just like many of us now, you know, if we go out, we die. Stay at home, you also die. Like the four lepers. So, let's, what are we going to do? See, what will happen to the man who can bring down this giant? And then one of them whispered and said, He will be the king's son-in-law. Hallelujah. King's son-in-law. About that time, you go back and read this. About that time, Eliab, the eldest brother, came along and scolded him, give him a good scolding. Why are you here? Who have you left your small, your small number of sheep with? Oh, I know you are evil. Because you read that. I'm not saying, I'm not making this up. I know you are evil. You are here to see us. Accusation, slander, poison. Why? Sometimes, the one that is closest to you is the one that will hinder the move and the destiny of God in your life. And so he gave a good scolding and he walked away. And later the news of him volunteering to fight Goliath got the attention of the king and you the rest is history. You know what happened. He turned the tide. He turned the nations. And from that point onwards, the nation changed because Goliath was killed. Hallelujah. All it takes is one. All it takes is one. Sometimes in our situation, 
I don't know what situation you are facing. I don't know, it could be a physical sickness, it could be a bankruptcy that they are facing, it could be a court case, it could be a very difficult situation, the danger of losing your job, your business is sliding down, and, 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 and since I'm on, on live stream, you know, let me even say this, many churches are suffering. When they begin to open up, they find that a lot of people are staying away from church. Some have good reason, legitimate fear, they want to be safe, so they are watching online, high online. But some have grown lazy. I'm not talking about those who are watching online. Thank God you are still watching. Some, instead of going to church, they go shopping. They fear, they fear crowded places, but shopping mall, no crowd. They, they, we find themselves in restaurants, you know, surrounded by dozens of people. There were no crowd. You give excuses, and we give excuses. Many will come before the Lord and give excuses. I hope some of our excuses are valid. If you are staying at home, praise God. They say, if you are avoiding crowd, thank God. But if you are going jalan-jalan, cari makan, <laughs> you are going here and there, and you say, you, you know, ch- church is the most unsafe place to be, I'm sorry. You are bluffing yourself. If you stay at home, don't go anywhere, okay. Don't go to work, okay. But how many of us here? We can change. And sometimes we allow the giant to shout and scream, the giant of fear, the giant of sickness, the giant of disaster. and, And this nation is now going through a very difficult patch. Seriously, we need to pray, and in this month of August, we even need to pray more. There is a Sabah election, there will be a Sarawak election soon, and there will be a federal election. We really need to pray. NECF has launched the 40 days fasting and praying. Many of you got the prayer items. We really need to pray that God will come and bless our nation. Can I hear Amen that righteousness will exalt this nation. And the church of Jesus Christ are given that permission to pray God's will be done. And we need to know that. And so, one young man can change the tie in that nation. Sometimes all it takes is you, that one voice. In a means of criticism, in a means of negative talk, all it takes is one voice and say, no, not like that, lah. Sometimes we know there's gloom and doom, and then there you are, God placed you and say, hey, no, we must believe in our nation. Everybody is talking about the state of condition of their nation. All it takes is one to change the whole atmosphere. Let's pray, let's believe God, let's trust God. But no, we allow ourselves to be sucked in, to be pulled in to the same conversation and allow ourselves to be tainted and contaminated by by all these talk that doesn't encourage us. Let me go on quickly. One woman, instrumental in bringing Mary, many of her people to the Lord. Again, this is John chapter 4. Jesus told the disciples, I must about to Samaria. 
And of course, you, you and I know there was a hostility and a lot of difference and tension between the Samaritans. Samaritans are half Jews. This is a problem when they were exiled. During the Babylonian exile, 70 years, they end up marrying other races. And when God began to call them back, they came back bringing their mixed family. And since that time, until the days of Jesus, the original, the pure Jew will look down on the half-breed Samaritan. who are not pure. And so, as much as the Jews are concerned, they will avoid the Samaritan. But the Lord found himself, and you know the story again, positioned himself by the well, and so happened he knew that there's one lady that can turn situation around. And to cut a long story short, that woman believed you are a prophet. Jesus spoke life into her. And you know what? People like to look at the questionable character. You know, oh, how many husbands does she have? But this lady, in spite of her personal problem, her personal reputation, took the gospel back to her village. And by the time we reach chapter 4, verse 39, we read here, many of a Samaritan from that town believe in him because of the woman's testimony. Town. Many in that town believe based on her testimony. Never underestimate, never belittle what you can do. Hallelujah. Sometimes we feel, you know, most of the time we don't want to talk. We feel that our contribution is not significant. Sometimes we don't even want to pray. We feel that, ah, yeah, what can one prayer do? Later I will show you one more. What can one prayer do? Sometimes we don't even want to give, ah, yeah, what can my $10 do? What can my one prayer do? What can my presence in the church this morning do? But you find that if you are that one lady, you can bring the whole nation or whole village to the Lord. Let me quickly go on. One touch of faith resulted in miracle healing. And you know this story too. This lady thought to herself and said, If I can touch his clothes, I will be healed. Just one touch. Sometimes we're wondering how are we going to receive our breakthrough and healing. Wherever you are, just one touch, one act of faith, one act of courage, she received her healing. And when the Lord stopped and said, Who touched me? The disciple thought, Lord, are you okay? A lot of people are pressing against you and you ask that silly question. The crowd is all around. They're all gathering around, pressing against you. You ask, no, no, no. There's one person who touched me. Just like us. Many come to church. But who touched the Lord? Many prayed. But one prayer makes the difference. Who touched me? And sometimes the negative effect is also true. Our whole day is spoiled because of irritating one person who says something not, not right. We, we spoil the whole day. 
why our whole day is spoiled because we give in to that one person who maybe was reckless or careless with his words or you were driving to church someone cut into your lane and you lost your sanity or somebody say something and make comment about your mass this morning as you walk in and that spoil it you can't even raise a hallelujah this morning one touch and one return only one return were there not ten who cleansed themselves did I not tell told ten people that they will be healed only this one return and give praise to God you see the Lord looks for those that one I thought there were ten I blessed ten I healed ten but only this one that one makes a difference that one became a teaching point for the Lord and he happened to be a Samaritan let me go on one sheep you probably heard this in the Sunday school the good shepherd will leave that 99 that is protected 99 that is well and look for that one that is lost the word here the key word is lost the 99 is safe the one is lost and sometimes we must stir ourselves up some parents here you have a lost child some parents here, you know what it means when there's someone in your family is lost out there. Willfully going against the wishes of the family. There's one out there. And that really can, can, can mess up your days. Because you are worrying about person. That one ship is so important. And so if you're a cell leader, you're a teacher, you're an elder, you're a church leader, that one, that one, if the Lord should bring to your mind, call them up. If the Lord should bring to your mind, send them an SMS message. If the Lord should call, bring them to your mind, do something, you will make a difference. You will make a difference. There was one time, and maybe she's watching this online. I just felt that uh, just to send her a prayer through WhatsApp. Because not everybody can come for a prayer meeting, and I sent her a prayer through WhatsApp. I didn't know it was her birthday. And then she texts me back and said, Pastor, you don't know the impact. You know, I was having a rough time. And then when your prayer came, even though it was recorded, it makes a world of difference. To me that day because of that one prayer same with us some of us here are expert circulating fake news our finger works so fast choo, 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 choo. and then you cannot tare balik. so good in that how about circulating prayers some of you can pray hello it's easy you know how to use whatsapp 
press the microphone, hold it still, and pray. Father, bless this sister in Jesus' name. I, I just bless her. You just do that and then release. It goes already. It goes already. Some of us here, wow, this accident, we shoot the tape video. This accident, wow. Then found out, I'm, I'm guilty uh, because some of it, uh, yeah, fake news, Pastor, fake news. Uh, yeah, fake, uh. How about making a difference, use the technology to help and encourage someone? Come on. Send a scripture. Send something. Send a prayer. Send a sermon, a, a link. You've been blessed. You listen. I'm sure many of you are listening to other online services. If it has blessed you, send to them. Hallelujah. Never mind. It's okay. Your pastor won't get angry and jealous. Encourage. One prayer, one touch, one sheep. One look. Hmm. Some of you are giving me that one look. You know, just, just a sister who had been with us for some time, she came in with Dato David, Patman and Serene. I couldn't recognize her. I said, was, my wife told me, Chia is coming. So I said, did Chia come? He said, the one that you spoke to. <gasps> I couldn't recognize. Chia, where are you, Chia? Apology. I'm sorry, you look so much prettier with your face mask. <laughs> so I'm wondering why you're so excited waving your hand towards me. I said, who is this lady waving a hand towards me? And I just ignore her and went aside. But I didn't know it was you. So good to have you back with us, Chia. Mrs. Goon will be happy to see you too. That one look, hello, one look, let me go on, that one prayer and I'm going to close soon. Jabez cried out to the Lord, I'm sure you have heard this, oh God, that you will bless me, enlarge my territory. Let, you, let, your, let the, your Lord be with me and keep me from all harm. And God granted his request. That one prayer, because you see in Chronicles chapter 4, is, is a list of genealogy. This one, genealogy, genealogy, genealogy. Then suddenly in verse 10, he say, oh, Jabez. The writer say, hey, this one I must mention. Not just Jabez. Jabez, oh, he is special. He is special. He prayed this prayer that set him apart. He prayed this prayer that set him apart. And as I was preparing this, I'd like to share this. You see, when God changes your name, I'm going to close in five minutes. When God changes your name, it is to fulfill a destiny. You see, when God changed Abraham, Abraham means the high and exalted father. High and exalted father, but God sees destiny in him and said, no, you are going to be a father of the nations, father of multitude. So from Abraham, he changed to Abraham. Sarai. It means quarrelsome. If you got an eye to your Sarai, you change your name. Because God said, stop it. And you can see how Abraham, if you read the story of Abraham and Sarah, you look like Sarah is quite strong as a personality. Beautiful. And so when God says, Sarah, 
you are going to be a princess. Your name, God changed it. She didn't change it herself. The husband didn't change the name. God said, you shall be called Sarah, princess with God. Same thing with Jacob. The father named him Jacob because he was pulling back his brother Esau. Both were twins when they were coming out. Can you imagine the other guy refused to let go, the younger one? I want first. I want first. Probably a Singaporean. I want first. And then his hand was on the heel of his brother. And so the father saw him and said, This rascal, Jacob. Jacob, supplanter. The one who replaces another one. But you know what happened when he grew up. He really lived up to his name. He cheated all his way. He, he cheated people all his way. Cheated his father. Cheated his brother of the birthright. Cheated the uncle. Cheated everything until he nowhere else to go. Until he stood alone by himself. Then God came in. You see, God will bring you to a place where you think you can talk your way out, fight your way out, struggle your way out until you've got no more, move, no more room to move. Then God come in and wrestle with him. And even then, he tried to wrestle his way out and God touched him and said, your name will no longer be Jacob but Israel because you have wrestled with God. Simon, the one who hears, Jesus said, no, you're going to be a rock that others can stand on. But the funny part is this, you know, when man changes your name, See, when God changed your name, it's to fulfill the destiny. But when we change our name, very susa. Very susa. First one, Naomi. Pleasant. Fragrance. And we read how she and her husband left to Moab because there was, there was what? Famine in Bethlehem. She left with two sons and a husband. Two sons and a husband came back without sons, without husband. And so when the people, after 10 years away, when the people in her village recognized her, she said this, Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Because I'm very angry now, Mara. Because the Lord has made my life bitter. You see, when we change our name, we like to describe the circumstances that have come upon our life. Same thing. This one is equally bad. It says here, Rachel was giving birth. Now, in the process of giving birth, I think it must be a bridge position. It caused her to die. In her dying moment, Read this, all right? It's all in Genesis. In a dying moment, when the baby came out before she gave her last breath, you say, this one is Benoni, son of my sorrow, son of my distress. Normally, if you look into the scripture, it's the man who gave names to the children. Men. But I don't understand, and I don't understand this. 
why the mother of Jabez and why Rachel was the one that gave Benjamin that name. Because she was in great distress and about to die. He said, Beloni. But Jacob stood there. Jacob stood there and said, no. You know who was the youngest after that? Joseph. Joseph was the one. Benjamin is the youngest. The 12 tribes. Say, no. You're not going to take this son of yours to the grave with that kind of prophecy. You're not going to define his destiny just because of your own problem. No. He will be Benjamin, son of my right hand. And I think sometimes we husband and wives need to intervene and say, no, you're not going to do that. And sometimes we allow circumstances and tragedy in our life to define, no, you're not going to do that. We must fight for God's destiny. And so Benjamin, the youngest. That's why when, 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 when Joseph, sorry, when Joseph was in Egypt, he was pining for his brother Benjamin, the youngest. He told the brothers who went to Egypt, he said, you bring back the youngest one, the Benjamin, son of God's right hand. And you know what? Saul was from a tribe of Benjamin, king. And Paul, the greatest apostle, was from the tribe of Benjamin. Hallelujah. Son of my right hand. Now, coming back, and I'll close here. Jabez. You read here, he said his mother called him Jabez. Now, where is the father of Jabez? We were not told. Did he die before that? Maybe. Did he leave the family before that? We don't know. We were just left with this scripture and said, Father wasn't around to name him. Father, we don't know what happened. Usually the father will give name, like the father of John the Baptist, even though he was struck dumb. And finally, when it comes to naming John, they asked him what name to give. And finally, when he was able to write John, that thing was lifted. He was able to speak again. So we were told here, the mother was the one that enforced that name to him, Jabez. Why? Because Jabez simply means, I bore him with sorrow. And all these years, he grew up with that name, that stigma. No wonder one day he, the Bible called him more honorable than his brothers. Go back and read Second, uh, First Chronicle. He was more, he was more distinguished. He was more excellent than all his brothers. Why? Because when he came to him, he prayed his prayer. Oh God, my mother give me that name, but you, you can enlarge my territory. You can bless me. You can, you can make me a blessing and not cause a pain to others. And the most beautiful word in the scripture is, God heard the request. God heard the request. One man, one prayer. Now this morning, I wonder what would be your 
what will be your prayer? Hello, are you here? Come on, cheer up. What will be your prayer? If there is one prayer that you can pray this morning, God, what would I be praying for? One can make a difference. And so this morning, you and I, we can make a difference for this church here. You and I can make a difference for this nation here. Some of you, because of you, your whole family have come to know the Lord. You make the difference. Some of you here, because of you, your friends, your colleagues are in the church serving God. You make the difference. At the end of it, you know, I, when we make a difference, we give God the glory. Father, let us be that one voice, that one act, that one prayer, that one touch. That young boy, that young girl, that one man. Lord, that we will not be withdrawn, Father. We will not be discouraged, put off, Lord. We know we can make a difference. We can make a difference. Our prayers can make a difference. Our sacrifices can make a difference. Our dedication can make a difference. And we pray that this morning you will help each and every one of us from the very young to the very old among us. That we will not allow the world to define us. We will not allow the circumstances to define us. But we will, Lord, somehow break out in spirit and realize and I pray for those who are watching from home from wherever they may be watching oh God whatever situation they may be in today that Lord the Spirit of God in them will break off break off the shackles of fear break off that shackles that so entangle them that they will be free that they will be free we pray for this nation of ours, that this nation of ours will be free in Jesus' name. That, Lord, your will will be done in each and every one of our lives, we pray. And may the Lord bless us. And may the Lord keep us. May the Lord leave His face to shine upon us. May our going in and coming out be blessed by God. That throughout this week, we will be determined to make the difference to those who are at home, to those who work with us, to those who study with us in the school and colleges. We will be the one that will make a difference. That one act of kindness, that one prayer, that one phone call, that we will do it in obedience to the leading of the Holy Spirit that is upon us. Bless your people as they go from this place, Heavenly Father, we pray that you will sustain and keep us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.